Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. What up, my fellow dietitians? I hope you guys are having a fabulous week thus far. I want to talk to you guys today about what alignment can feel like. Obviously, there are five different design types and literally billions of different combinations within your chart that can make you completely different from the person next to you and even more different like within your design type itself, right? Like just because you are a manifesting generator doesn't mean that you are going to be exactly like the manifesting generator next to you. And that's the beauty of this. I find often that a lot of like personality tests try and put us in a box, right? Like Myers-Briggs tries to put us in a box. Enneagram kind of tries to put us in a box. But with human design, kind of personality test-y, if you will, but there's no questions. It's literally just birth date, birth time, and birth location. This, I find, accentuates our differences in a really beautiful way, allowing us to lean into those differences to lean into the energy around those differences, the feelings around those differences, and allow us the space to really shine in that way, right? Right? Like to allow our uniqueness to shine. And that's what I want to lean into. So for me personally, what alignment has felt like over this, oh my gosh, two-year journey now has been a lot of deconditioning. And by that, I mean getting rid of the shit that we've been taught that is just like a societal norm, right? Like we must work a nine to five. If you are running your business, you got to have hustle. You must do X, Y, and Z. Like it's inappropriate to take a run during the middle of the day or take a nap in the middle of the day. If you feel tired, you just have to work through it. And in part that leads to what my values are for myself, but I don't think I was able to get really clear on what my values were for myself until I understood my human design better and I was able to let go of the shoulds around the things and the things that I thought, yeah, no, just the shoulds. I was going to say more of the shoulds, but yeah, once I let go of the shoulds, that's when things started to to click and leaning into what felt good to me rather than, again, the shoulds. So let's talk a little bit about what that process looked like because I don't think I've ever really gotten super clear on that. So I found human design in early 2021 after I had had like a mental breakdown, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about here, but the process of that and like exploring and unearthing the layers took time. So I am a manifester. This process may look different for you. And for me, it was a lot of like speaking things out, things that I typically had a conversation with about in my head, bringing that into the real world, right? Like actually hearing my voice say it. That is huge for manifestors in particular, like actually saying things that you're experiencing, feeling, thinking about, um, whatever it may be. We have different centers, right? So it's not always going to be the same feeling, but speaking it out is really, really, really important. And once I started doing that more, that's when things started to feel more aligned. The next piece that I really dove into within my design is the channels. So if you're looking at a chart, those are the lines that are either red or black or a combination of red and black on your chart. And if you can lean into what your channels and what those gates around the channels are expressing, 
that I find to be like the hidden superpowers of dietitians and basically anyone who starts to explore their design. That's where the hidden superpowers lie. And if you can embrace what those channels bring and give to you, then that's where you can lean into. And maybe those are some changes like in your business that you can start implementing or how you're interacting with people. Um, I've seen it play out many different ways because there's so many different combinations that one can have. But for me, I only have one channel. So while some people may have three or even five channels on their chart, meaning that all of these areas, all of these centers on their chart are connected, the centers are the squares and the triangles, they have access to, to those centers for energy all the time. But if you only have a couple of centers, you have limited access to those, and rather, you have unlimited access within those energy-centered centers, but limited access elsewhere. So when thinking about this, right, like if you can lean into where those channels are and what those channels are giving you energetically, that really is the secret sauce, if you will. Like you have your own secret sauce. You don't have to pay for someone's secret sauce. And it's really cool to be able to explore what superpowers you have. And then when you're collaborating with someone, what you can bring to the table and how they complement that as well, right? Because I know for me that when I collab with my friend who is a projector, she and I are both 6'2 ego, like within our within our spaces, but she is a projector and I'm a manifester. And when we're able to collaborate together, I know that it just feels so much better to have someone who compliments me so well to make decisions, bounce ideas off of. And that's actually who I'm doing future retreats with. Like the one in September that we did in Lake Cuomo together was really successful because we work so well together. And now next year we're doing one in Valencia for registered dietitians hosted by me. And then the next week we're going to do one in Greece hosted by her. So it's really cool to be able to One, I guess, find a person that you vibe with like that. But two, also recognize that like you have amazing strengths and other people have amazing strengths. And when you're in alignment and you're both in alignment, like those strengths are just amplified and it's really magical to see it all come together. So I don't know if that really answered what alignment or what the process of alignment looked like for me, but I hope that this at least gets you curious about your design and what that could look like for you. And if you like actually search your design, shoot me a message on Instagram. I literally do this all the time where I'll just hop on a quick chat or we can just do it through DMs and I can give you a really high overview of what it actually means, what you're actually looking at so that you can have something tangible to take away. And you're not just like, cool, I found out I'm a four, six generator and I have no idea what the fuck I'm looking at. So let me know. Um, And I'm happy to just give you a really brief overview. And if you have more questions, let's hop on a freaking coffee chat and I'll give you even more information. Um, I just want you to have the resources and the tools that you need to be able to succeed. And actually, that is the one line, or rather the one channel in my chart that is defined, giving people the tools and resources to be able to succeed. So whether that is totally complimentary or you decide that you want to work with me in the future in some capacity, maybe in a roundtable where we're really diving into the human design things, or maybe you want to come to a retreat where we're really, really, really diving into the human design things, or maybe you just want community and a Voxer group 
where we're just very high level exploring your design feels better for you. And then you have support of other dietitians around you as well. Whatever that may be, I'm here for it all. And I'm here to support you in whatever way possible as well. So hopefully that resonates. And I would love to know one, what your design is. And then two, how, how you've experienced maybe other people telling you what to do and how that's felt. Cause I've spoke with a lot of RDs this past week in particular who have worked with other people in different capacities, right? So maybe it was a mentor, maybe it was a business coach and they find that just something is off and they're not sure why oftentimes, cause it's doing something out of alignment. So I would love to know, are there any things that you've felt working with other individuals that have just felt off and you're wondering why? could be because you're out of alignment or what they're teaching is not in alignment with you. So let me know either via email on Instagram. If you want to schedule a coffee chat and we can talk about it, I'm here for all of it. But without further ado, let's talk to Jess Sertikoff-Romola. She is a New Jersey-based registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. She now runs Empowering Dietitians, a supervision and consulting business and podcast for fellow dietitians. Through Empowering Dietitians, Jess helps her colleagues more clearly define their professional identities, their values, and collaborate with others more effectively and build confidence in their work with evidence-based framework. Let's talk to Jess. Jess, I am so excited that you're here today. Like you don't even know this has been months in the making, guys. What's up, Jess? How are you? I'm super excited to be here. Um, You have a lot more energy than I do. It's a little (laughs) earlier here. (laughs) (laughs) than it is over there, but I'm like, I'm feeding off of your enthusiasm. Super excited to be here. I'm several cups of cups of coffee in today already. And I should be, it's 4 PM. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. Excellent. All right. Well, let's tell all the people about the most important questions ever. Are you ready? I'm super ready. What is your bucket list travel destination? How can you name one? So, so I did, (laughs) so I did one of my bucket lists just this past fall. I did a cross country road trip across the entire United States and that was absolutely unbelievable. We had a month, a month was not long enough. Um, (laughs) it needs to be like a retirement plan. We're going to do it again. But, um, I do also really want to go to Scotland. Mm -hmm. I really want to go to New Zealand. I want to, I want to go anywhere that I can like hike and, and see new, cool, amazing, beautiful places. I was seeing a theme there, like green rolling hills. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's my thing. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Question number two, favorite food of all time. Chocolate slash brownies specifically, probably, but like anything, anything with chocolate. Milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate. All of the above. I tend to be a dark chocolate person, but I mean, like I don't, I don't discriminate. All chocolate is good chocolate. I love it. All right. And then third, possibly most important question, coffee or cocktails? Neither. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're rocking the boat here. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm not a coffee person. Uh, Coffee ice cream is fine, um, but I'm not a big coffee drinker and um, I'm not a big cocktail person. I do like um, Moscato wine, which is like sickeningly sweet (laughs) and and like juice. (laughs) Excellent. Am I, am I setting like world record for most, most unique answers? <laughs> We're learning a lot. <laughs> okay. It's like me and my mother-in-law really like Moscato and I don't know that I've met anyone else who does. Some more basic white bitties out there and it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, it's great. 
I do like kombucha and water also. I'm happy that you hydrate and also get probiotics. Yeah. Well, that was very telling. Thanks, Jess. Anytime. An open book. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like I need to preface this. Like I low-key stalked your Instagram, I don't even know, like eight or nine months ago now. And Mm -hmm. I just love how real you are on it. So I would love to know what's been your journey as an RD to get to this point of (laughs) you're laughing because it's going to be a long story or what? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's messy, right? Like you don't get to, you don't get to, I don't think you get anywhere without it being messy, but like, you don't get to do what I'm doing without having some mess along the right way. Yeah. I mean, I never would have thought if you had asked me, I'm, I'm coming up on my ninth anniversary of being a dietitian. If you'd asked Mm -hmm. me nine years ago, what I'd be doing, you know, going on, a decade in almost, I wouldn't have said working primarily with other dietitians, but I've always loved counseling. I've always loved like being in relationship with, with other humans and helping them and like relating to them. And when I was thinking about making the transition from uh, my, my first job, which was being a supermarket dietitian uh, to being more in the counseling space, private practice, owning my own business. And I was thinking about who I wanted to help and what I really wanted to do. I realized that I'm really passionate about how food extends like beyond food um, and how our relationship with food in our bodies is about society and it's about expectations and it's systemic issues. And I'm, I'm a hardcore feminist. So um, I knew that all of that was going to be coming into it. When I started thinking about who I was really going to help, I started to think about all of the dietitians that I mentored or worked alongside or the interns that I precepted. And it kept coming back to the fact that like, we need help too. And we need support on our own relationships with food and body because it's super high pressure to be a dietitian. Um, there are a lot of expectations out there. And, you know, we are dealing with confidence and imposter feelings and being pushed by a system that has ridiculous standards for us. So I made a big pivot and decided I wanted to help other dietitians. I didn't know the term supervision at the time, and it, I just started learning and reading and continuing my own education and working with dietitians and learning from them. And here I am now. And end of podcast. Done. Yeah, done. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. So <laughs> I think you're right. We do have really high pressure jobs as RDs. And I think sometimes we forget the burden that we kind of take on from other people, mm-hmm. right? Like I know that in the ED space and perhaps even like the oncology space, like there's a lot of feelings to work through, like from the Mm -hmm. client POV that a lot of the times we end up taking on. Yeah. But I think it's true regardless of where you're at within the field, right? Like there's a lot you're taking on people's experiences and it can be a lot energetically, but it can also be a lot like physically on you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's, I mean, supervision is much more common in dietetics in the eating disorder space because they work really closely with therapists. So they, they see it being done in therapy and in the mental health space. So they adopt it and out of necessity, because we do recognize the emotional toll that working in the eating disorder space can have. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't happen other places in dietetics. And in fact, 
I don't work exclusively with eating disorder dietitians. I work with dietitians in a lot of different practice settings. They're not even all in private practice or owning their own businesses. And we're all experiencing compassion fatigue. We're all experiencing burnout. We are all experiencing imposter feelings. Like these are shared experiences. It doesn't matter what country you live in. It doesn't matter what area of dietetics you work in. So I'm, I'm really passionate about bringing the supervision support out of just eating disorders and out of just private practice. I wish I would have known that was a thing when I was in the clinical space or just starting out. It's not spoken about enough. And I love the platform that you have to like speak on, right? So like whether Mm -hmm. it be the podcast or through Instagram or the amazing testimonials of the RDs whose lives you've impacted, right? Mm -hmm. But like it needs to be spoken about even more. I wish it was more normalized and hopefully it will be. I feel like there are so many different pathways in our field that are just being I guess, more open or more talked about more freely to some extent. (laughs) (laughs) But what, like, what do you, what would you want out of supervision and like, not necessarily normalizing it, but just like, where would you see it in like the next half decade? Where do I realistically see it or where do I want to see it? I mean, we can have some high hopes in a second, but (laughs) let's be real. Um, I don't see it going that much further in the next five years. And the, the big reason for that is something that I learned is that some of the big supervisors in the field regularly pitch talks on supervision Mm -hmm. to our national organizations and they get shot down Mm. every year consistently. (laughs) And I don't know why I'm, I'm not involved in that. I can't speak for our organizations, but we're not seeing it being embraced by the top. And because of that, I think we have more than a five-year struggle ahead of us to really get it to a place where dietitians have heard about this and they're willing to invest in it and they see the benefit of it. Um, Because we're not getting it from the top down, it's going to take a lot longer to bubble up from the bottom. Yeah. Okay. So if in five years, everything was super (laughs) hunky-dory, what would would this look like in your ideal space? I mean, in my absolute pie in the sky ideal space, I think every dietitian should be in supervision, not necessarily every week, not necessarily for the same thing, um, but every dietitian would have another dietitian that is a safe space for them, whether it's a group space, whether it's a one-on-one space who they can go to when shit hits the fan and they need to process something, they need to grapple with something, or they need someone who gets it because we don't experience that a lot. That would, that would be what I want to see. I know that that's not even what we see in therapy. Um, Not all therapists have that supervisor too, but it's, I think what would really benefit our field. So breaking this down through like systemic changes, I know, I mean, I preach this shit all the time, but like (laughs) it breaks down to like our DPD program being super competitive RDIs being super competitive and then not Mm -hmm. feeling like we're supported in our industry. And that to some extent does stem down from the top. I'm going to call you out, A&D. I know you were being nice, Jess, but I'm going to call you out, A&D. Like it's shit, man. And it does have to come from the top to see these changes. But would you agree that like systemically it it, it starts at school? Of course it does we're kind of just spoon fed this, like, Oh, this is what it takes to be the perfect dietitian. And if you don't fit this mold, then fuck off. 
Yep. Well, it's not, you don't, it doesn't start in school. It starts when you're a baby. This is, you know, we can criticize the Academy all we want. And I do. um, And it's deserved, but (laughs) the Academy is just a microcosm of the larger society. It's a product of its environment. So when we talk about like power dynamics and the fact that we've only learned to exert power over other people, it's no surprise at all that we don't know how to collaborate and we don't know how to work with each other without being threatened by one another. Um, And so, yes, that gets taught to us in school with how everybody's in competition with everybody else and there are limited spots and you have to fight for it. it goes much, much deeper than that. That was a lot. (laughs) That was so much in that sentence to break down. (laughs) I think you're right. It, it is unfortunately is ingrained in us societally Mm -hmm. and it's going to take more than five RDs to change it. It's going to take major changes to change it. So Mm -hmm. let's take a look at this from the bigger picture. Like what are you telling RDs in this (laughs) space to to think differently, to do differently. Cause I know that's my big messaging, right? Like yeah. think different, do different. Like we can be different and it's yeah. okay. We don't have yeah. to feel this way. So I would love your take on how things can be different through your lens, through your eyes. Absolutely. I mean, the, the first thing is that we have to recognize that there are layers to this. So there are things that we can do as individuals. I think that sometimes when I start talking about like patriarchy and white supremacy and capitalism and like all these systems that we've grown up with, um, it can be paralyzing because it'd be like, what the hell am I supposed to do about this as one person, as a dietitian, no less. I'm not in politics. I'm not in economics, whatever. Um, and that's not what I want to happen. So there are individual interventions that we can do and, and we can talk about generally what that looks like. And then there are also things that we have to look at within the organization that you work at, within our profession, and then, yeah, within larger society and the politics and everything that does trickle down to impact us as dietitians. So the work that I do with dietitians is touching on all of those points. We have to... I. It's like a little triangle. Start at the top with the micro, the things that like we as individuals can do and we get bigger and bigger and bigger as you have more capacity to take on more. Yeah. It's again, it's just a lot. It can, it can feel very heavy and very daunting. And I think that might be people's hesitation to like break out of that. Right. Cause it can be just, just saying it can feel like a lot. Yeah. Well, it's easier to stay in like the little bubble of like, this is how things are. This is safe. This is comfortable. I may not be super happy. I may be struggling, but like it doesn't take as much effort and there's a big comfort to that. Yeah. So I guess there is space in finding, finding your discomfort, but I think that also, that also means doing things differently and feeling like it's okay to do things differently. I know I've mentioned it to you before, but I don't know if you've dug deep at all, but the human design component is what it's still on my list. I'm the, I'm the worst. Can I tell you something? When you like give me something to look into, it takes me a really long time to do it. And then once I do it, I'm like totally in, but it, it will take me a really long time, which is you can, you can analyze this from a human design perspective Ooh. all you want. Um, I'm usually like a very type A on top of things person, but like you give me a recommendation, I will sit on it for a very long time. Interesting. Yeah. That that could maybe bring some light to what you are. Okay. I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to tell you then I'm going to have you figure it out and I'm going to let you, I'm going to say any more words. (laughs) 
I'm going to, I'm going to do it. It's still on my list. (laughs) The reason I bring it up though, is because I've found personally diving deeper, like diving deeper inwards can be such a great way Mm -hmm. to explore outwardly. Right. So whether that's from like a values based perspective, which I know you talk a lot about or from a human design perspective, or just maybe like meditating and doing some inner work and figuring out some of that like inner shit, those inner demons, the hard work that we have to get through. That's how we can show up better on the outside, right? Like when we go deep, get really clear on what makes us us and how we show up in those values, not only in business, but personally too, right? Like homegirl, Laura Jean is always like, why, why your business values have to be separate from your personal values? And they don't. They don't have to be separate. And I think that that's so key in remembering when you are doing this internal exploration. Yeah. Well, I think it's twofold. So yes to the going inwards and exploring yourself. And a lot of what I do is working on giving dietitians more opportunities for reflection, more self-awareness, more self-compassion, like really focusing on the inner self. But we do it in community. We do it together because we don't, we have been taught rugged individualism. We have been taught like you are in it. You pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You do this yourself. And it's not all in isolation. The way that we heal from these systems is by coming together and embracing these power with dynamics, these collaborative dynamics, which I know that you are such a big proponent of. Um, (laughs) But like, this is how we change because these systems have preyed on us being each other's competition. So how do you get past that? You say, fuck that. I'm not doing it. I'm going to come together with these other dietitians. I'm not viewing them as my competition and I'm going to embrace that like abundance mindset. That's, that's how you really heal. So it's that like both inwards and communal approach that we have to take. Yes. I call it taking the solo out of solopreneur, Mm -hmm. right? Like feeling like you're part of something bigger because we are, we all have a similar mission, similar goals. I feel like a lot of the times people come into the medical profession as a whole for a certain reason. It's to help Mm -hmm. people. So if we just kind of dig back all of the layers, we are literally all here to help people. Whether we do that in X, Y, and Z way or ABC way, that's whatever, you know, but like our end all be all goal is to help other people. So why are we making it so hard? Right. And like, I think you're right. Giving yourself and giving people the community setting to like, I always call it like playing around in the sandbox, right? Like exploring Mm -hmm. with it and bringing it back to basics can be so beneficial. So what have you seen just from like the community settings that you host for RDs, like that versus just working one-on-one with them? Well, it's huge. So I I started just one-on-one and what I recognized was I was I was having the same conversations with dietitians again and again. And I could say dietitian A over here is struggling the same way that you dietitian B are struggling. But if I can put dietitians A and B in the same space and have them talk to each other, it changes everything. And so I started to host, even if you're a one-on-one client, you have a monthly group call and it's usually small groups. I try to keep it to like four to six dietitians, which gives everyone an opportunity to speak and they get to know each other and they build relationships and they feel seen and heard in a way above and beyond even the way that I'm able to help them 
feel seen and heard. So that's by far the biggest thing. And I think it's what we miss about supervision and support overall. It's not about what I can teach you. It's about the fact that I'm there for you and, and me being there for you and these other dietitians being there for you is so, so much more powerful than like a worksheet that I can give you or a breathing exercise or a research study. Girl. Reach. Like I knew we were on the same page, but like we are so on right the there. same page. I call it the mind of the community is greater than the like the mind of the guru. Yeah. Because it is like in this setting, yes, you can be there to provide them guidance and give them those scenarios of dietitian A, dietitian B. But really you're the facilitator in that conversation, right? Like mm-hmm. giving them the resources of each other embracing Mm -hmm. the conversation within that space and keeping it so intimate, which is what I love. You're right. The four to six, like sweet spot. I don't know what it is, but it's perfect. You feel seen, heard, like you're part of something bigger and it just, there's something about it. I know. And it's not super intimidating. I mean, I'm a huge introvert and the idea of me going on to even a call, I don't mind being the host on a call with 12, 20, 50 people. But if I'm the participant, I'll shy up in that situation. And so I think that four to six number allows you to get comfortable with the people and feel a little bit safer speaking up, even if you're not overly extroverted. Yeah, I agree so much. Okay. So other than hosting this space for fellow dietitians within your world, how else do you like to collaborate with fellow dietitians? Not nearly as much as I want to. (laughs) I like, so I really want to start networking more and building relationships in general. My world has been topsy-turvy over the past year and it has kept falling down. But um, I love just hearing from other dietitians and lifting them up. And one of the things that I do is I always build referral networks. So I know dietitians in different states, in different countries with different specialties. Um, And I'm very quick to say um, either I'm not your girl or, you know, I think this is who you're looking for. I just connected a dietitian who I knew in the school nutrition setting with another dietitian who was like, I'm actually kind of interested in getting into this. I was like, I know a dietitian for you. Um, so that's, that's more of what I've been doing is kind of connecting different dietitians to each other or connecting interested patients or clients with dietitians who are better fits or in the right geographic area. Um, but I want to get bigger than that. Um, I definitely want to get bigger. I'm not there yet. I would love to know if that's also part of your human design. Spoiler alert. We are definitely going to look that up before we, before we finish this up today. (laughs) Awesome. Put a fire under my butt. Get me to do it. It's, it's interesting you say that. I like literally just talked about that today. And I feel like that's a superpower that we forget about, right? Like the ability to know who needs to know each other and yeah. having the person in our space to be able to connect people and maybe change both of their worlds. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of that abundance mindset of, you know, we're constantly operating under scarcity. It's, it's scary to refer out. It's scary to say, you know what, I think this would be a better fit or, you know what, I could help you, but this person really is, is what you're looking for to be able to say like, there are enough people out there for me. There are enough people who are right for me. I don't need to take the people who are right for someone else. Um, I can give them to the, the support that they really need. Um, and I'm very quick to do that if a dietitian comes to me and really needs business coaching rather than supervision, or they need a combination, or they really need therapy, or they need to work with a career. Like I will 
send them to the best place for them because I know that there are enough people who need me that I don't need to kind of bend over backwards trying to serve everyone. Yes. Guys, this is the place that I want all our days to get to. Like we don't need to be, I know we don't need to be (laughs) around a campfire, braiding each other's hair, singing freaking Kumbaya, but like we can recognize when a client isn't going to be a good fit. And imagine if we all did that and that would like decrease our frustration levels. I've worked with terrible clients in the past. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. it's been bad if, but that's also because it, I, some of it probably did stem from a, a lack mindset, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, you want to work with me? Amazing. Great. Like end of conversation. Cool. <laughs> oh, you want to pay me right now in full? Hell yeah. Even yeah. better. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Those are some of the worst clients I've ever worked with. Always, always, because (laughs) we've been taught all of our lives that everything is about earning money and making more money and climbing the ladder. And like, yeah, we all have to pay our bills. I'm not going to say that money isn't important, but it's not nearly as important as we often make it out to be. And I know way too many people who have taken the paycheck and regretted it and been miserable because it wasn't aligned. It wasn't the right decision for them. Oh yeah. Don't get me started on pushing 10 K months every month, all month, every month. Please. And who said, what is it with 10 K 10,000 steps, $10,000? Like it's so arbitrary. It is. I think because it's the it's the threshold of five digits, right? So you're like, yeah. oh my god, I made it! <laughs> yeah, guys, chill the fuck out. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have food on your important. table. You have a roof over your head. You can go on vacation like twice a year. You're doing fine, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like growing a little bit. You have the boundaries that you want. Like I was thinking just recently because my business is in a slow point right now. And I've thought like, do I get a second job do, until it picks up? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do And the thought of going back to like a nine to five job, I was like instantly miserable the day that I was considering it. And I was like, I don't, I would rather be struggling a little bit financially, um, which I'm not currently, but you know, I'd rather be in that position and happy and have the time that I have and have the freedom that I have and have the life that I want than to kind of hustle and grind in something that's going to make me miserable for 40 hours of my week, every Mm -hmm. week. I feel that definitely feel that. And I think that there are other ways, like if we really needed to get scrappy, right? Like as already is, there are other ways that we don't have to do a 40 hour a week grind to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I would rather pick up, you know, little like side jobs. I'd rather be a dog walker. I'd rather like write articles online. Like there's so many other things that I would rather do if I feel like I want a little bit of a cushion rather than going back to the thing that society has told me since I was born that I should want and strive for and work for. Preach. Okay. So kind of getting back on track with my last question (laughs) then, since we had a slight but awesome tangent, are there any specific collaborations that you want to put out into the universe that like you would love in your world? I want to be doing more with current supervisors Um, I, I want, and I don't have as many connections with them yet, but the dietitians who are already doing this, I would love to come together because again, I think that if we're going to see any change, we do have to come together. So I'd love to be collaborating more with dietitians who are already in the supervision space and also in like just the inclusive space overall. That's really 
I, I don't yet, maybe soon, I don't yet advertise as a supervisor specifically for dietitians in that space, but it, it's, it's the framework that I operate under. So yeah. pretty much all the dietitians I work with wind up being in that alignment. And so I would love to work more with uh, organizations like Weight Inclusive Nutrition and Dietetics and, you know, these spaces that we're having conversations, we're having hard conversations, we're holding each other accountable and we're growing. Yeah. Universe, do you hear that? Hook it up. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jess. I love talking to you and I wish we could literally chat for hours, but I, I feel like I need to respect people's time and not give them three hour long podcast episodes. So yeah, I would love to know <laughs> where can people reach out to you? Where are you most accessible? Where can they hear more about you? Listen to you, all of the things. Absolutely. Well, if you're a podcast listener, I have my own show um, where every week I talk about different topics, all about the systemic issues in the field, how you can feel more confident, more connected to your work, overcome burnout, all of the things. Um, and that's the Empowering Dietitians podcast. So you can check that out on any of your favorite listening devices and apps. Um, and then I'm personally most accessible on Instagram at empowering.dietitians. I read every single one of my DMs. Um, I'm, I'm, very happy to connect with other dietitians. So you can always say hi there. Awesome. All right. Well, as always, as I knew it would be, it was an absolute pleasure. And until next time, guys. Thank you so much. I feel like conversations with Jess are awesome because we're super passionate about what we're super passionate about. And I really hope that that comes through on the receiving end for you guys. I know I had fun with this convo, but I would love to know what you guys thought as well. Let's dive in with a quick recap. One. Regardless of the clients you work with, where you live in the world, the niche you work with, you may still be experiencing compassion fatigue. Two, to make changes, think of it as a triangle. Start small at the top and get bigger and bigger the more you take on. And three, yes, go inward, but you can do that with a community. You don't have to be alone in anything you do, which is what Jess and I really both promote because it's so important to have people around you to bounce ideas off of and like like I said earlier to garner that energy around you sometimes it can be really positive sometimes it can be really negative and bring out some shit in you but that's also a really good learning experience so think about putting yourself in some type of community space where you can grow and one learn more about yourself but then also learn more about the dietitians around you and you'll see how special we all are how unique we all are and the amazing information and lived experiences that we bring to the table, right? So fucking cool. So it's probably happening today. It is happening today. The conversation corner with me, Jess, and Laura Jean from Dietitian Values is happening today, November 10th. So if you can join us, we would love for you to be there and to just have an open conversation and chat and just be part of a community space. And if you're not available today, I'm sure we'll be doing more of this in the future. So just follow either me, Jess, or Laura Jean on Instagram and, oh, our handles rather. <laughs> our dietitian, dietitian values is Laura Jean's. The empowering dietitians, or rather empowering dietitians is Jess's. And then obviously the dietitian collaborative is mine. So follow us to stay up to date on Conversation Corner because I feel like it's going to be a really impactful space in bringing dietitians together. All right, guys, until next week, you will have solo me hanging out and yeah, I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet, but I hope you'll be here for it. 
Until next week. Ciao.